Good morning and welcome to the service of worship with Blasky Heights United Methodist Church. My name is Kathleen McMurray. I'm one of the pastors here and I am so thankful that you have chosen to worship with us this morning. Whether you are joining with us in person or online, you are part of our Pulaski Heights family today in this time of worship. And as part of our family, we want to connect with you. So I invite you to fill out the digital connect card that we have available by scanning the QR code that you'll see on your screen or if you're in person on the back of your bulletin. You can also find that digital connect card simply by going to phumc.com connect. In that form, you'll find places to register your prayer requests, your joys and concerns so that we can be in prayer with you and for you as a church family. You'll also find places to let us know if you're interested in learning more about the ministries of our church or baptism. Again, we want to connect with you. And so would love for you to fill out that form and let us know how we're able to do that. I also invite you to follow us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram. Check out our website, or sign up for our weekly newsletter to know the ongoing ministries of Pulaski Heights and how you can be a part of them. Again, thank you for worshiping with us and I hope you have a great day. Hey, good morning, friends. Let's go ahead and stand together and sing this morning.
God, we all come here um, in different places. We know that you are our foundation. We just ask that our worship this morning energizes us. Fill this space today. We love you so much. We give you all the praise in your name. Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. Everything around me is shaking I've never been more glad That I put my faith in Jesus He's never let me down He's faithful through generations So why would he fail now? He won't. He won't. I've still got joy in chaos. I've got peace that makes no sense. So I won't be going under. I'm not held by my own strength. I built my life on Jesus. He's never let me down. He's faithful in every season. So why would he fail now? He won't. He won't. Oh no, he won't. 
Pray with me this morning. God, on this beautiful, warm, and inviting summer morning, we just thank you that you have not forgotten us. You have not abandoned us. You have not rejected us. And God, we just praise you that we are all invited as guests to your table of of grace as we worship you today. Today, God, we, we ask for healing for those in our faith community who are hospitalized. Lord, we pray for Carol Bland, for Nancy Toland, for Bobby Dennis. And Lord, we ask that your comfort surrounds those who are grieving. Lord, we pray for Beth Bain and family and the death of her husband, Bob Bain. We pray for the family and friends of District Superintendent, Reverend Dr. Atora Eason Williams. We pray for Dixie Fair and family and the death of her cousin, Ludie Baumat. 
And Lord, we pray for Emily Wineland and family and the death of her father, Reverend Dr. Kurt Bogan. Lord, today we, we pray for healing in our own hearts. God, for the burdens that we came in here with this morning, we ask that you lift them right now. God, empower us to be a community who helps share the weight of each other's burdens. And Lord, as we in this space spend a moment naming our prayers aloud or in our hearts, we ask that you receive them. God, you are just so, so faithful to us. And we give you praise for everything that you're doing in our lives. We give you thanks for new members of our faith community, for Carol Foster and for Sue Gibson. God, give to us and to all who worship you this day what we need to become all that you have created us to be. We offer ourselves to you in the love of Jesus Christ, who taught us and his followers to pray, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We now have the opportunity to offer some of our gifts back to God and the work of the church. This week, we were able to send 33 youth and adults on a mission trip to Louisiana because of the gifts that you have given. And not only that, it was the third mission opportunity that these kids have had this summer alone because they have been serving here in our own state, in our own town, and now are serving and have been serving in another state. The generosity of this church makes it possible makes it possible for us to have wonderful youth and mid-youth leaders like Ellen Rowland and Rod Hocott, and makes it possible for us to make an impact on our communities. And so as the ushers come forward, I invite you to pray and give whatever God leads you to. Amen.
Cause we need a fresh wind The fragrance of heaven Pour your spirit out Pour your spirit out Let's stand together and sing reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11. 
One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he surely will get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of your fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will say, give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The word of God for all people. As we have this morning together, this is a great opportunity to greet one another, to pass the peace of the Spirit, and so I invite you to do so now. So to be very honest, this text seemed relatively easy to preach on when I started getting ready. I saw that it was coming up and, you know, we say the Lord's Prayer every week in church. And this is a pretty frequently referenced text about prayer. And so at first I thought, this will be really simple. I'll just preach about prayer. Ironically, I think that's exactly what made this a difficult text when I started writing the sermon. This text is a little bit odd, and prayer really isn't straightforward all the time. There were kind of two tricky things about this text for me, and the first is the illustrations that Jesus uses to describe God's great generosity. I've struggled with that one because it never felt quite as convicting to me as I thought it maybe should. Jesus is instructing his disciples on prayer and he says, if a friend comes to your house in the middle of the night and is asking for food for unexpected visitors, wouldn't you give it to them? Surely you would, if, if not out of just obligation and friendship, then you would because they're so bold. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't generally open my door in the middle of the night. I would probably be kind of suspicious if somebody was suddenly knocking on my door. I would expect at least a text or a phone call if somebody's gonna show up, and I would probably be pretty grumpy still when I did answer the door, and I might have some questions about why they suddenly have unexpected visitors in the middle of the night that they couldn't plan for. 
I'd be grumpy if I got woken up. I probably wouldn't want to open the door. I kind of understand where that guy is coming from. Now, yes, if it was a friend, of course I would help. But as a whole, our society doesn't treat hospitality in the same way that Jesus' people did. And I think that some of this story loses some impact because of that. When Jesus was teaching, failing to answer that door would be incredibly rude, even in the middle of the night. So you were expected to answer it. Turning someone away just wasn't what you did. For us, it would probably be a little more like if we had two Sunday school classes and one had suddenly more people visiting than another, which is a great problem to have, but they're running out of chairs and so they go to another class and say, we need some of yours. We have to get these for our new people that are visiting our Sunday school class. It would be like if the people in that second class said, no, we've shut the door and locked it. We have already started our lesson. Your people can stand. Nobody would do that. We would never expect a Sunday school class to go, "Uh uh-uh, get out, we're busy. Because we take care of each other. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to help each other. We can't fit into this story quite as well because we don't know it, but if we are, if we have that scenario, if we're thinking about this as simply as someone asking for extra chairs, then it comes across a little clearer. This we would never expect to happen because it would be so rude and so wrong. And if this person could answer the door, if this little thing could be done, of course God would do it. That's the same kind of rudeness that Jesus is trying to use in this example. That he would never treat someone so poorly, and so God definitely won't. The other thing that has kind of troubled me about this text is the ask, seek, knock part. For me, this has been one that I hear a lot. It's advice. It's what we get told when we're needing to figure out something with our prayer life. If you don't know what to do, ask God about it. Seek it, and God's going to give it to you. It's not such helpful advice when we feel like we've been praying, though. If we're separated from God or our prayer life has dwindled or we're lost in our own thoughts and questions, this can be really helpful. But if we've already been asking, if we've been seeking, if we have been knocking until it feels like we've woken up the whole neighborhood, is this really helpful advice? This text and this advice has kind of frustrated frustrated me at times when it felt almost more like an accusation. If I would just seek more seriously, if I would just ask with more enthusiasm, if I would just knock on the door more forcefully, then maybe I would get what I was after. But that's not how God works. There is no enough for how much we can ask or how much we can do. And that's one of the mistakes that is easy to make for anyone reading the Bible, even a pastor. We have to remember to look at all of the pieces of the puzzle together. And really what brings it together is the Lord's Prayer at the beginning of this passage. It brings the illustrations into better clarity when we know what to do with them. Jesus is trying to teach his people how to pray, 
and he is doing so well. He's given them a lesson, an outline for it that they can use, and he's just given them the most important pieces. This is really a skeleton outline. It's even shorter than the same version of this text in Matthew. In Matthew, the prayer is more like what we say each week, but in Luke, it's just the highlights. I think that the point of this is to help us see what the most important things are and what things God promises to provide for us. In Matthew, Jesus even prefaced his introduction of this foundational prayer by saying not to pray in certain ways. Don't pray like those people who go out and do it in public just to be performing. Don't go out and pray with a million words and babble because you think that more words will get you somewhere. That's not how we get ourselves heard. Thankfully, God is always listening. So we might just be frustrating God even. That might be why we get frustrated in our prayers. We get so situated, so focused on one thing that we want, that we are pursuing. And sometimes we might go overboard. We might forget to see whether the thing that we're seeking is what God wants for us. So what does Jesus say is important? What is he trying to get us to pay attention to when we pray? He starts off simply, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. God is the source of all great things. And so we start there by recognizing the God who loves and created us. And then we seek for God's kingdom to be found here on earth. He continues with, give us each day our daily bread. This is probably one of the most familiar phrases because we hear this one a lot. But our daily bread can look like a lot of different things. It's not necessarily the literal loaf of bread. It's not necessarily the thing that fills our stomach. It's the sustaining of our needs. For somebody who's hungry, the daily bread is literally food. But for the fisherman, the daily bread is a good catch. For the farmer, it's a decent harvest. For some, it might just be having a job, having a roof over your head. Our daily bread can be such a quick line that we just go right through in that prayer. But it's so essential because it is most of the things that we think about ourselves really needing. And then, forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. We know that we need forgiveness. We wouldn't be here if we didn't. But we ask for it continually, knowing that God will always offer it. And so, as Jesus teaches us this, he reminds us that if we're going to seek forgiveness, and we should, we also have to give it. We have to give it to everybody we encounter just like we ask for it. And then asks to save us from temptations. Some versions, some translations use trials, and I kind of like that. I have asked God plenty of times to protect me from a struggle or a trial that I saw coming up, from something that seemed frightening. 
Jesus is succinct. He's teaching us how to pray and telling us about our relationship with God in such a brief little prayer. He's prioritizing our spiritual well-being with forgiveness, our worldly needs by talking about daily bread, and our imperative to share our faith in the kingdom of God. These are what we need, and they're what God is promising to provide through Christ. The problem, I think, with the ask, seek, knock mentality is that it's just a little bit too simple. If it were, if it were all that simple, if all we had to do was ask, I honestly think the world would be more chaotic. Has anyone here seen the movie Bruce Almighty? Well, if you have not, I recommend watching it. It's about Jim Carrey, who is Bruce, and he's given the powers of God briefly, which of course comes with some interesting and unexpected challenges and responsibilities, including, you guessed it, prayers. Because somebody has to receive all of those prayers that we all send up. And so in this situation, it was Bruce. And his response, instead of having to deal with every single prayer individually, was just to say yes to everything and everybody. And so everybody got exactly what they thought that they wanted, like the people who, you know, pray to win the lottery, except all of those people got what they wanted, all 14 cents of the shared prize when they all won. God doesn't promise to give us everything that we want. This text is not saying, ask for whatever and God will give it to you. This text is about our needs. Because parents, you know, you may want to give your kids everything in the world, but you can't. And really, they don't need everything in the world. The important part is the things that help them grow the things that help them to be a person. If we all measured our prayers by Jesus' prayer, how would they compare? I know I definitely have some that I've prayed for things that weren't right for me or weren't worth it for me. And in my disappointment at times, I've forgotten to be grateful for the roof over my head, for the knowledge of where my next meal will come from, for God's forgiveness in all the ways that I have messed up and continue to mess up. All of that is there, and it's easy to forget about. It's easy to keep on going and keep asking for things and forget to stop and give thanks for a community like this for the love that we have been offered. This text makes me wonder a little bit how I could forget to be thankful for all of those things, how I get so wrapped up in the world. But don't we all? We all have things that we want that we decide that are right for us. And so we ask God for them and we expect God will do them for us. But this is a reminder of the promises that God gives. And as we pray, we are reminded of those promises. We are asking just that God give us the things that we need. 
And when we do, we will be amazed. Because the truth is, God gives us more than we need. When we're praying for this, we can see all of the ways that we have been gifted, that we have gotten more than just what we need to live from, that we have gotten more than just, yes, you're forgiven. We have gotten love. Maybe you need that reminder too today. I needed that. The reminder that there is so much more than I am usually grateful for. So today, as we go from this place, how much more is God already doing in our lives? How much is God doing that we forget to give thanks for? How much does God offer us that we take for granted? Friends, there is a lot to prayer and relationship with God, but as we leave, I hope that you take this with you. If you feel separated from God, ask, seek, knock, communicate, and reach out. If you're struggling, know that God is already with you and already hears you. And if you feel like what you seek isn't being found, take a moment, give thanks for how God does answer, and pay attention to how much more God is doing in your life. Amen. And so as our band comes forward, if you would like to be part of this church in an intentional and official way, you're invited to do so, but we are so glad that you're worshiping with us. And I invite you to stand for our last song.
Friends, as we leave this week, go out and pray for what you need. Give thanks for what you have and tell someone about Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church.